I think that perfectly describes me this last week. Talk I to me. I actually uh, muted a lot of my channels in Discord this week because I just I uh, I I wasn't even like mad. I was just like couldn't function. Like I feel like <laughs> like I couldn't even have a rational conversation. So I muted all of them. It was actually very therapeutic. If if anybody ever just wants to mute Discord, it's actually really therapeutic. So I see why Dan and uh, Texas Dan and Matt do it. It's great. You don't get any notifications. You can actually have a very productive day. So that's how I'm feeling this week. We're recording. This our- was what? This was Monday? <laughs> Was it Monday or was it? Yeah, it wasn't yesterday. yesterday. It was Monday. It was Monday, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it all stemmed with the with the freaking Vikings, man. Doesn't uh, it always? Yeah. Uh, with a couple people. With a couple people in our group. And I know there are actually two people that listen to this all the time. So they'll know who they are and they're going to post in the, in the chat as soon as they hear this. So, um, no, it's good. I'm, I'm kind of getting back into it. It's been kind of nice, honestly, just to be able to catch up at the end of the day, you know, when you want to, instead of like checking it all the time, but that's that, uh, we are on episode 25 and uh, we are heading into week five. We just wrapped up week four. And week five already. We're a month into the season. Dang, that it's it seems like yesterday that we were we were getting ready to watch Dallas and and Tampa, and now we're uh, now we're we're already a month in. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like the wheat is separating itself from the chaff. We had a yeah. couple early season upsets, and I think the teams that are really here to contend are uh, are filtering their way, um, filtering their way through the uh, the rest of the wannabes and potential has-beens. Yeah, and I think you know we talked about how things would look different, and they definitely uh, they do, but don't. Like obviously, the teams that won a lot last year. Uh, are still winning quite a bit this year. Um, Ben, who had uh, the worst record or least victory points, I don't know, uh, last year is still in that spot. I don't think think any of us really thought he would be there still. Um, I ended in a third. He didn't want to be. No, he definitely didn't want to be there. He's had some really bad luck, though. Um, I'm in the third spot, which is where I did not expect to be, but I've also had some bad luck. I mean, it just is what it is. Um, yeah, I think, I think the difference between the two is that Ben has his first round pick next year and I don't. Um, so, I mean, we have some updated rules that we now have a wheel to spin instead of just the ACT. (laughs) <laughs> Which makes me even a little bit more nervous to even be in the in the toilet bowl at all. Um, but yeah, no, th- things are really, teams are separating themselves. You know, even though Jeremy was upset in the first week, he's still technically tied for the most victory points. Um, yeah. And he's only, 
well, other than Josh, he's really only 0.3 points out of second place. Josh is just, he's 46.1 points ahead of the team in second place. And that's hard, that's, yeah. that's, that's hard to, that's hard to pick up even over yeah. two weeks mm-hmm. to outscore. I mean, even if you're not going up against him to gain points, you have to outscore Josh's team by 46 points. Right. Yeah. Josh's team is a juggernaut. Like it, it just is. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't see it. We said, I mean, we're a broken record saying this. Mm-hmm. He loses Deshaun Watson, his second best player. And is some could have not, argued his first best player, right? Not not running away with it, but is definitely has definitely separated himself um, from even some of the some of the other contenders. So Josh, well well done making trades last year. Got Zeke last last year at the deadline. Didn't help him in the championship last year, but may certainly be a, a running back one. Um, Paired up with Aaron Jones, uh, that's a great that's a great running back uh, tandem for a win now team. He's got DK, he's got Waller. Went out and got Seals jo- Ricky Seals Jones, who's replacing the lo- injured Logan Thomas, who Josh also has. He's got a fairly deep bench. Um, yeah, Josh is here to play. Um, any other like broad uh, broad brush strokes before we get into the week four recap? Nope. Okay. Um, Jonathan beat you. I'm just pulling up on sleeper the matchup from last week, uh, mm-hmm. just so we can kind of just so we can kind of go over it. Uh, Jonathan beat you 166 to 121. Uh, Jonathan, this is all according to sleeper over or um, beat his projection of 160. You underperformed. Um, you were projected for 130. Um, I'm gonna count here. Give me your first thoughts, and I'm gonna count how many teams you would have beaten. Um, if you wouldn't have played Jonathan. So go ahead and give me some thoughts from the matchup. Uh, I mean, obviously, I I didn't go into it expecting to win. I had the, the thought that, like, I possibly could win just because of certain matchups. The only – the thing was is I was – he's got Dawson Knox as his starting tight end, and I have him starting in my guillotine league. And I would keep seeing, oh, Dawson Knox, touchdown. Oh, then I saw another one later on. Oh, Dawson Knox, <laughs> touchdown. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that, you know, that kind of like craps everything, especially in a tight end premium. Um, and the Pittsburgh Steelers just severely underperformed. I mean, I traded, I traded Juju, I traded for Juju. Um, he didn't, he didn't do anything. Um, and then I ended up pulling out Fournette and playing Sermon because Sermon, you know, was going to be the number one running back this week again. Played fairly decent last week, and and Fournette really hasn't put up over eight points. And then now when they go into New England, he puts up 15 points, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, isn't a lot of points, but it's points, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and then, yeah, my team just continually underperformed. Like, Jamar Chase didn't even catch a touchdown, which I guess you can't expect your wide receivers to catch the touchdown every week, but he's caught almost two of them every single week so far. Um, right. So I guess he was bound to underperform at some point. I don't think there was really anything I could have done. I mean, my bench 
is always the ones that score. As soon as I pull them off my starting lineup <laughs> and move them to my bench is when they decide to score. But, um, yeah, I mean, he just had a good week, and my yeah. team is not great. I mean, I don't think DJ Moore is going to score 32 points every week. But I mean, if you ask Jonathan, yeah. DJ Moore is DJ- – that's why we don't ask Jonathan questions. <laughs> DJ Moore's price just went up by another two first, so you can only get DJ Moore for six first round picks now. I know. Too bad I, I don't have int- six round two six first six. Wow. First, I'm good? stroking again, dude. This is so <laughs> bad. I I do think it's fun to look at the to look at the weekly report. Like you have the the best managers. Like this week, Mark set an. A lineup that was 98% of their perfect possible lineup. So Mark Mm -hmm. scored 148. His best lineup potential was 151. Um, And then Matt set his worst lineup and only scored 65% of his possible 142 points. So I I do think I'd like to go back and look and see. And I wonder if I wonder if Ben can. um, I, I wish I could at Ben in. I know he listens to the podcast, but if I could like tag him at this moment, I'd love to know if there could be a way that we could like gather that data and say, okay, overall through the course of the season, who through the 14 regular season games um, or 15 regular season games, how many, however many we're going to play. I think it's 15, right? Mm. Like throughout, throughout, I think it's 15 because week 16, Week 15 is the first week of the playoffs, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we t- well, yeah. so we still play 13 head-to-head, and That's then right. week 14 is just the top seven scores. That's right, yeah. So I would love to I would love to kind of compile all the all like the data as far as, okay, who had throughout the course of the 13-week regular season, who compiled the best overall like lineups most, um, or what was like the person um, – even – going super into the weeds but what was the percentage like if each person averaged uh optimal lineup of like 83 percent or whatever throughout the course of the year i'd be curious to see who that is um well like some weeks it's some weeks it's a team that even loses but they just play all the right players right? right um and i don't know how much lineup manipulation there is like i don't do a ton of lineup manipulation i have the guys that i'm gonna play I mean, maybe other teams who have more options on their bench are thinking of it. Guys like Jeremy, um, potential. He's he's a guy who comes to mind as uh, Chris as well. Has some guys on his bench that he could play. I wonder how much lineup manipulation is ha- happening happening on a week to week basis because I'm not doing any lineup changes hardly at all. Right. Another thing that I would always you know find fun. We do. You get two victory points if you win. And you get a victory Correct. point if you're a top seven scorer. I think it would be kind of fun even to compile, if it was possible, if we would just strictly go by top seven scores, almost similar to like guillotine style, where it's like the top seven scoring teams, like there's no head-to-head matchups, just the right. top seven scoring teams get three victory points. Right. I mean, I guess you wouldn't need to do victory points at that point. Just do the highest score to get into the playoffs. I wonder top what... seven top seven scoring teams make the playoffs. Yeah. I wonder what it would look like at the end. And obviously I guess we'll see because Ben does keep track of right of how many points each team has. I'll, I'll just be 
interested because I always feel like there's that one team that was able to put up points, but then every time they put up their most points, they got beat. And I mean, that's that's happened mm-hmm. to me twice, which kind of sucks. I mean, even like this week, I'm not going to be a top seven scorer, but I could have beat one, two, three, you four, beat, you five, beat five teams, teams this mm-hmm. week. But it's like, I'm 0-4, you know? Right. And, and right. like now, I even looked at like next week, and the team I'm going up against was like a bad team last week. Now they're projected to outscore me by like 30 points. Yeah. You pl- you play Matt this week and he's right now projected 141 and you're at 126. Okay, so it's only like 14 points. Yeah. Yeah. But Still. I don't I don't make much of the sleeper projections just because I think it under it criminally undervalues some players and it criminally overvalues others like Kyle Pitts has been has been projected like 15 points every week, and I don't think he scored more than 11. So it's for me, it's like I I don't know what to make of that. Like this week, he's projected for 15.26, and he hasn't even scored 15 ever yet this year. He scored 14.8 against Tampa Bay. Yeah. So I I mean I don't know. It, it's nice to know like oh do I have a shot like according to the algorithm? Yeah, I have a two percent shot of winning. Great. Okay, I'm gonna hold on to that two percent. Um, but yeah, so, so Ben, I would love to, I'd love to see if there could be a way that we could even just kind of track the weekly report. Um, like who set the most optimal lineup each week throughout the year, who set the, the least, um, kind of, and obviously we can sort this all in sleeper as well, but like which quarterbacks had the highest scoring weeks most, which running backs had the highest scoring weeks most. I know uh sleeper will allow you to do that at the end of the year but i think it'd be cool if we could uh potentially potentially track that if it's not if it's not too much work i'm sure it would be a lot of manual manual labor um because the fail stats i feel like are pretty automated at this point maybe i'm wrong um actually i'm probably very wrong on that um but yeah i mean i wasn't expecting you to come out with the win uh bort last week um but you didn't really make it close either. I mean, even I even having C.D. Lamb having two receptions, Adam Thielen having having three receptions. Um, he had, I mean, Russell Wilson had two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Bobby Trees had a touchdown. D.J. Moore had 102 touchdowns. Um, Jonathan Taylor had over 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, Dawson Knox had two, like you said. Joe Mixon had one. Dak threw for four. Um, Whereas you didn't have a touchdown from any of your position players. Sermon didn't have one. Schuster didn't have one. Fryermuth, Chase, Hardman, Antonio Brown, Zach Ertz. That's, that's where the loss comes in, um, is when you don't have position players that are scoring touchdowns, you're, uh, you're not going to win uh, many fantasy football matchups. So that's what I got from your matchup. Uh, we can move on to the next one. Yeah, the next one we got is Canute versus Ben. And this is one of the matchups that, like, we're just saying I could have won if I faced either of these teams. Right. Um, and unfortunately, I bet Canute wishes I would have faced him this week because the strategic. Canute would have re- loved to lose. <laughs> the strategic reorganization is not working for him. He's currently 2 and 2. I am currently 0 and 4. But he is happy because he owns my pick. So He does. Um,. He's still rooting for me to lose, so maybe he wouldn't have wanted me to face him. Um, 
Ben's team, you know, like we had mentioned just a little bit ago, has just gotten very unlucky with his players. His team this week scored 77 total points. And yeah. I know we talked about you with your Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill stack. They scored 90 points. If you would have just started Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes against Ben this week, you would have beat him. And I think I also would have beat Canute. You probably would have beat Canute too. Or it would have been like half a point because I'm pretty right. sure they scored like around 88 points or yeah. 89, <laughs> like 89 points right on the right on the button. Yeah, yeah. Ki- kind of insane. But yeah, Ben's, Ben's team, I mean, when he traded for Ayuk, I love that trade for him. Getting rid of Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs, which I still think was the right move for Ben, even if Ayuk hasn't been producing yet this year. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I don't think is, I don't think has a super long leash in Las Vegas. And I didn't love him coming out of Alabama in the first place. So, but even to see Brandon Ayuk have one reception on only three targets against Seattle, who has a very, very leaky secondary, like we saw when they were in Minnesota playing, uh, playing the Vikes three, three targets for Ayuk. I mean, Zach Pascal had four catches, 44 yards, but like, that's not, uh, it's hard to I was liking Zach Pascal early in the year and I don't know what he's done like in the middle of the week and like in middle weeks but um hasn't had a touchdown since week 2 uh he has three total touchdowns on the year but uh two in week 1 and one in week 2 and he's been a uh less than double digit score the last two weeks um Zach Moss had a touchdown so it might looks like Ben might have another another starting running back there in Buffalo um, I know Sam keeps trying to trade Singletary, so it doesn't look like Sam has much confidence in Singletary. Uh, but Zach Moss had 14 carries, 61 yards, and a touchdown, but no no work through the air. Um, and then uh, Colin Johnson, super flex, scored zero points. I don't even think he played. Um, wide receiver for the for the New York Football Giants. I think he, he would have had. He had. I'm looking at it now. He had a a snap count percentage of eight so he was on the field for eight percent eight percent of the uh giant snaps um yeah i mean both teams wanted ben wanted to win canute wanted to lose and the opposite happened so and i think that's a fantasy football in a nutshell yeah canute was messaging me before the week asking if i wanted to like trade for some of his players he goes because i need to lose (laughs) to ben this week (laughs) because he wants to he's the he want, well, he asked me if I wanted to trade for Jimmy G, Tyler Higby, um, or just about anybody, but honestly... Except for Darnell Mooney. I'm sure he wanted to keep Mooney. He wanted to keep Mooney. Okay, so uh, he, here's, my, here's, my, here's my question, Brent. Uh, I know you had Jonathan on. I wasn't, I wasn't there for the conversation regarding tanking. What's keeping Canute from trotting out guys like Tyrell Johnson? Or Tyron Johnson for the Jags, or um, like so, Denzel Mim for the Jets. Like what? What's keeping him from doing that? So those players are scratches. They've a lot of times been healthy scratches, sure. and so um, if at all throughout the year, if anybody brings up to Kamish that you might not be playing like a winnable lineup that could be considered tanking, you are now no longer in the hunt for that 2.15 or 3.0 pick. 
Okay, but but didn't that only apply to quarterbacks? No, it applied to it applied okay, to that everyone. Was every, really. That was everyone. Yes, but but so, the okay, thing I, the thing I, I, the I, thing he said though is with the super flex. With the super flex, gotcha. you you don't have to play a quarterback in that. Okay. just because it's a quarterback. So like, hence Ben playing a wide receiver and Canute putting a twenty well, point scoring Dalton Schultz. Uh, in his super flex well and ben doesn't have a quarterback to put into his super flex anyways right okay so but even still i mean you can you can wait to set a lineup because all the inactives are all the inactives whether they're healthy scratches or actual injuries all those come out like 11 a.m 11 30 right so conceivably canute could say okay of the guys on my bench that are active i'm gonna try i'm gonna put in uh a guy like uh, Jalen Guyton. And yes, I'm having to click on all of these player profiles because I literally have never heard of these guys. Um, so like he could do that, but he just is he just not choosing to do that? Is that I think that, it just I mean, comes down to, I think it's just last, I think it's just too much work to tank, honestly. Especially when you only, when you're only in it for two, one, five. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's not, it's a high end third round pick and you, we know how those are valued. Like you, I, you, yeah, you might as well just like put in a lineup that you don't think can win, but is good enough to start on your team. Like, I think that's I mean, kind of where we're at. I mean, Knut would have lost to every other team this week, so he just ha- just so right. happened to play ben. the only team that scored less than him. <laughs> Lucky dog. Right. That so, never happens to me. No, it doesn't. Um, but now you're okay losing. But yeah, maybe you're not. You don't have your own pick. No, I'm trying to win every game. But let's move on to the next matchup. Eli and Josh. Woo! I didn't. I didn't have high hopes for for Eli. Uh, but he uh, he paved the way. He outscored his projection, um, and beat Josh pretty handily by about forty points or so. Uh, one fifty six to one sixteen. Had had great days from. The likes of Mike Gesicki, Devonta Smith, Kareem Hunt, Jared Goff played well. Um, Najee Harris had a touchdown on the ground finally. Um, Diggs had 114 yards. Fant had a touchdown. Overall, great day for for Mr. Eli. And he took uh, he took home the elusive first W, first of many. Wow. Uh, first off, I would like to say to Eli, congratulations, you got your first win under your belt. Unfortunately, your team is one and three, which means your team is still ass. So um, <laughs> you should trade all of your players for picks. Your team is getting old. You're just going to waste their talents. So please just just hang it up. Your team's one and three. Season's over. Um, you might as well blow it up now. Is Eli the equivalent of the Vikings? High hopes for this year. High hopes for every year. I mean, you look at his team and you're like, oh, wow, this team could do something. And then they just shit it down their legs. So that Eli's team is essentially ass. So so coaching's the issue. Coaching, GM, everything from top to bottom. even, Even up to ownership? Even all the way up to ownership. Yikes. Just kidding. The ownership's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Thanks for Kamara, Eli, um, <laughs> and Robbie Anderson. Um, 
anyway, that's neither here nor there. I think I think this is this is what we expected from Eli Week One, uh, and he even had Daniel Jones, a f- almost thirty-two point quarterback, on his bench. So Eli could have had even more points had he started either um, Daniel or D- Daniel Jones over uh, Big Ben or uh, Jared Goff. Um, but really good performances all the way around. Every every single one of his players uh, was in double digits. Big Ben was his lowest scoring player with eleven point six points, uh, and the highest was highest. The highest score on his lineup was only twenty points. Um, so everyone was in between eleven and twenty. Um, and when you have nine nine player lineups, that's a that's a recipe for success. Yeah, I on, mean, on the other hand. Go for it. Yeah, I think Eli just, I mean, his team just, I don't know if there's much better you can ask for from this team. I mean, he was projected to get 145. He scored 156. Ben Roethlisberger, I don't know, I don't know why he insists on starting him every week. It's either Roethlisberger or Goff, or now this week, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones and Jared Goff are your two best quarterbacks. I don't know. Yes. I don't know why you keep picking one or the other, Daniel Jones or Jared Goff, to pair with Ben Roethlisberger. Um, that's just you know one of my one of my like I don't I don't know why he keeps doing that, but yeah, um, quit doing it. Not worth it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like we said, like Brandon Cooks, he finally like he finally took a step back from. Sc- Scoring 20 points every week. Um, yeah. But they also went up against a tough Bills defense who picked off Mills, I want to say, four, four times four times and made him fumble once. The dude himself that had a, five turnovers. It was, it was horrible. I mean, that's Nathan, Pe- that's Nathan Peterman. The, the score was 40 to nothing, if that doesn't tell you something. Yeah. Um, Yikes. And then, yeah, Logan, Carr struggled Logan. against the Chargers. Logan Thomas got hurt. Logan Thomas got hurt. He's now on the IR. Deshaun Jackson, I, I knew he wasn't what he did last week. I knew he wasn't going to put up 20 points again. Um, Aaron Jones, He's. He, I think that's going to kind of be what he is every so often. I mean, I think he's a good running back. But when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, I just don't see you handing the ball off a ton. I mean, I think he's going to obviously still be like that top seven running back, but it's going to be because one week he's going to score close to 30, 40 points like he did two weeks ago, and then he's going to do like 10 points, and then he's going to be less than 10 points. It's mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of like what Tyreek Hill does. I mean, he's the concise number one wide receiver every year but it's yeah. because like two weeks he's gonna put up 50 then he's gonna do like 40 and then he's gonna do six yep. and then four and then 30 and <laughs> like it's yeah. um you just hope that he can have those 30 to 40 point games towards the end of the year yeah um okay i got a, I got a um I'm, i scrolled through all of aaron jones's career game logs as you were saying that yeah how many how many times including this year has Aaron Jones eclipsed 20 or more carries in a game? 20 or more carries? Carries, not touches but carries. 
from last year and this year? 2017, his rookie year till 2021. Through his whole career, oh. how many attempts? How many times has he had more than 20 attempts in a game? Or 20 or more attempts in a game? Let's, let's just say, let's just go with 30. 30 games? The answer is four. Are you serious? I'm I'm very serious. 2019, his third year in the league, he had one, two, three games where he had 20 or more carries. In 2020, he had one such game. And this year, so far, he's had zero games with 20 or more carries. Now, granted, the reason I say carries is because he is very he is quite involved in the passing game. Oh. He'll get he'll get probably four receptions a game, um, four or five receptions a game. But but to have a running back who I don't know, I just find it interesting. I mean, I'm I'm for some maybe reason that maybe for some reason I feel like 20 is not even a lot. Is it? But but yet it is though because you think of guy you think of the top shelf running backs Zeke I think is the exception he still will get twenty five close to thirty carries a game as well as guys like Derrick Henry who's getting twenty five thirty thirty three carries a game I think it was last week um, but most most fantasy relevant running backs I think like Saqu- when you think of Saquon Christian McCaffrey Joe Mixon they're not just getting the ball handed off to him. The offensive coordinators and and offensive-minded head coaches are scheming to get them the ball in open space. Dalvin Cook as well. I don't think Dalvin's getting a ton. Dalvin also gets a ton of carries, but guys who are just as good as as receivers as they are runners of the football, I think it just goes to show Okay, we think oh Aaron Jones like he's gotta he's he's hitting the 26, 27 age season he's gotta he's gotta fall off eventually. Even I think just the carries that that guys like him are getting are designed to have them last a little bit longer in their career. Um, well, and I think Aaron Jones seeing that okay he only had fifteen receptions or fifteen carries last week, nineteen the week before, seventeen the week before that, but they're they're finding creative ways to get him the ball and and. Um, I think that's a that's a player that I foresaw seeing a little dip in production, a little regression, but thus far Aaron Jones is is looking like he's here to stay, running back five overall in PPR. Yeah. And I mean we saw too, like they didn't pay him like a top running back either. But it was no. also in the off season where we saw the cap number dip. Um but I think the the thing that's been said as of late is rookie is not rookie running backs, but running backs coming off of their rookie deal are pretty much through their NFL peak. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've seen it a, just a ton lately. I think, I truly think one of the last running backs to make it through multiple deals has to be Adrian Peterson. Yeah. I mean, if you really think about it, to think about what Adrian Peterson did That's as a running back for as about. many years. Frank Gore. Frank Gore has been in the league forever. Um, I, I don't know how long Frank Gore was fantasy relevant. I'm talking Well, like oh, yeah. Fantasy. Okay, talking fantasy yeah. relevance. Yeah, Adrian Peterson has to be the last one to do it. I mean, you look at the, the most recent Todd Gurley is now not even nope. in the league. Um, right. Zeke Elliott, ha- I mean, hasn't been what he was his first three to four years in the league. Um, 
who else? I mean, I mean, even looking at like Alvin Kamara has been kind of spotty as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, Dalvin Cook like is obviously up there in like top running backs, but we start to see these running backs they're starting to kind of okay they're slowing down okay they're starting to get injured um i someone said to me the other day that christian mccaffrey is on the wrong side of his peak already who said that to you it was a friend not in this league they were talking about how they're they think that christian mccaffrey is on the wrong side of the peak they're still in their peak but on the wrong side of it because because of the injuries because of how many carries he's taken like he still has the ability, but the ability is starting to slow down a little bit because well, of... Well, we haven't... Well, be, because of injury, yes. I think the argument could be made that, okay, Christian McCaffrey was injured last year because of a shoulder, right? Well, it started off was, with... Uh, I thought it was a hamstring, injury? and then he came back, caught a bad pass, and landed on his shoulder. Okay, was it... I didn't, I didn't know it was a hamstring last year. Um I mean, either way, we haven't seen enough of McCaffrey the last two years. Like, we know what he is when he's on the field. He's electric. Last year through, like, what was it, like halfway through the year, because he had such a ridiculous start to the season, he was still technically a running back, too. Yeah. He hadn't played in, like, six weeks or something. Like, that was insane. But I, I think there there needs to be some hesitancy when it comes to, okay, how much, how how long am I going to hold on to this running back? They're not only in their second contract, but they're – their top top performances aren't nearly as consistent as they were um and I, I think i know dynasty nerds they they talk about this all the time it's that two to three year window for running backs once they show that they've got it they really only have two or three years um left and like they they went through back this summer and looked at a ton of data to to outline and make their points that okay once you have a running back one season the odds that you repeat that again are like 22 percent or something like that the rest of your career right so definitely you see all these guys that we're talking about zeke elliott christian mccaffrey saquon barkley even he was a running back uh running back one two years in a row his rookie year and then again the year he had the high ankle sprain so it's like even if saquon is a running back one this year he is an anomaly zeke is an anomaly dalvin cook's an anomaly Derrick Henry's an anomaly, and I think it it not only should make governors hesitant to rely on running backs, but also it makes them extremely valuable when they are on the field and producing. Um, I know we've gotten a little bit a little bit out of what we were chatting about, but I think you see you see Josh realizing that and saying, "Hey, I got two running backs right now who are at the top of their game in Zeke and Aaron Jones." Um, I'd be curious to see if Josh doesn't win the championship this year, if he tries to run it back with him next year, or if he tries to retool with some younger guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know Josh isn't really super into the NFL draft. That's or the, not the NFL draft, our dynasty draft for rookies. Um, so he has no picks. Well, he doesn't like to, he doesn't like doing the scouting or anything like that. Um, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, no, that's why he trades his picks all the time for players. (laughs) (laughs) Josh is just in permanent permanent contending mode. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, look what he's done. I mean, he took second right. last year, split the pot with Mark, and then, yeah, now this year he's leading the pack just like he was last year. Yeah. Um, but that leads us into Chris versus Wisconsin Dan. Um, that was this was, a, this was a close game going into what, Sunday night or Monday night? I think it was going into Sunday night. I think Chris really pulled away. 
um, towards the end of the day because because it's, of it's Terry ju- McLaurin. Yeah, God. Yeah, Terry Dan caught did some have late some, touchdowns. Yeah, and it's not like Dan was a benefactor of those touchdowns as well. T- Taylor Heineke had 30 points and threw for three touchdowns and rushed for another 43 yards. So Heineke had a great day, um, but – when you have perform, when you have guys get hurt like Teddy Bridgewater, I think the game could have been a little closer if Bridgewater didn't get concussed. He was uh, he had a touchdown. Um, he was seven of sixteen. That's ugly. Yeah, that's that's really ugly. But um, but yeah, Chris had a Chris had a had a great had a great day. Um, Marquise Brown continued his absolute uh, scorched earth start to the season he had 91 yards and a touchdown that's three touchdowns in four games um only had four receptions but when you're when you're arguably one of the fastest guys in the nfl uh it doesn't matter how many balls he catch it just depends on if you can get caught uh and marquise uh had had quite a day amari cooper had a touchdown um terry mclaurin like you said had six receptions 123 yards two touchdowns he's an alpha he's he's legit um, and then Clyde Edwards-Alaire had 100 yards on the ground and had a uh, receiving touchdown as well. So Chris had a good day. I mean, I think if if you're a contending team, you want to shoot for that. I'm I'm hoping to score north of 150 points a week. Um, and Chris did that um, pretty much right on the nose of his projections. He was only projected to score 152.41, and he scored 152.15. So uh, Chris definitely lived up to expectations this week. Um yeah, I think if you're contending, you want to shoot for that that uh, that area of 150 to 160 points, and and you're feeling pretty good about your your team if you can do that. Yeah, and Dan has had one of those teams where he's played spoiler a couple times now. I mean, he's yeah. two he's two and two. He's up there in the in, the, in our victory points and points, and so every week you just never know going up against Dan, what his team is going to do. If they're going to overperform, yeah. if they're going to, you know, underperform. And, I, you know, you're you're 100% right. With losing Teddy Bridgewater, I guess we'll see if he's going to play. They're still hopeful he could make it through to next week, Sunday. He's a, so, he's a, he's a really good team, honestly, when it comes to, um, when it comes to his players. But... This week. Guys want to play for an owner like that, right? Well, I mean, this they'll week. go they'll go all out and they'll go all out for their for their coach and and we're seeing that week in and week out with the DFT. Absolutely, DFT. They know what to do. I would love to play for them, um, but yeah, I mean, his team honestly played well, other than Cole Cole Beasley and Marvin Jones. I think if, even if he could have gotten their projections out of it, that he would have. I mean, add. 20 points. I mean, add 20 points. I mean, he's pretty much getting close to being up there with them. And then you add into Teddy Bridgewater's projection. I think he could have right. honestly been up there, but yeah, um, didn't happen this week. Uh, we'll see what he can do next week. I I want to apologize. I did say to not start James Conner because I didn't think he would have uh didn't I didn't think he'd have a good day against the against the Rams and he goes out and has two touchdowns on the ground. So um, that yeah, that I said a, to start a, James Conner. You did. So if you, I mean, we're all playing hypotheticals, but that's that's fun for me. Uh, if you would have started James Conner and you would have had potentially a full a full game out of Teddy Bridgewater, another touchdown or two, perhaps uh, could have been close. Could have been really, really close, but uh, 
DFT, the DFT takes a loss. They're two and two. Um, Chris moves on. He is also two and two. Uh, and we're going on to our to our next recap, uh, which is Jeremy ousting the champ incumbent Mark um, by a score of one seventy two to one forty eight. What were some takeaways from this one, board? Yeah, I I mean, obviously, like we saw, he Mark was given the award for scoring ninety eight percent of what his projection was. Honestly, though, scrolling through Kamish, or not through Kamish, through Chris's lineup, it doesn't look like he could have started much differently to score any more points either. So Chris had a pretty optimal lineup this week, too. I'm just mm-hmm. wondering how much it's taking into effect that he had Trey Lance on his taxi squad. I think that's probably the only thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tom Brady, the rain really stifled him in New England this week. Um, he took a step back. He only scored 13 points. Um, Derrick Henry, though, did not slow down at all. Um, Jeez. But, you know, like the beauty of a stack is when they're good, they're good. But when they don't click, your team doesn't score many points. So, nope. like, Tom Brady, 22 of 43. That's not even, that's just over 50%. Yeah, well, exactly. And he threw for 269 yards and completed for no touchdowns. He threw no touchdowns. Um, And so then you have Chris Godwin on your team, three of five for 55 yards. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, the stacks are great until they're not. And so you right. you saw that happen with with Mark's team this week, and there are only one, two, three players on Jeremy's lineup that did not score twenty points this week. That's hard to beat. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and that's it's hard to beat. Nick Holy Chubb, smokes. Nick Chubb with twelve, Kittle with ten, and Chuba Hubbard with eight. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, he should have never started Justin Herbert because he's garbage. He should have obviously started Matt Ryan this week, too. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you could have had you, you could have started Matt Ryan uh, over Herbert or Josh Allen and had exactly 180, 180 points instead of 172. I don't, I don't so. get why you wouldn't start Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan over not, Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. What are you doing? I mean, not not optimal lineup <laughs> management, if you ask me. But what what do I know? I what just a, scored one hundred and nine. I just scored one hundred and ninety two points this week, so I don't <laughs> I don't know much. Um, but yeah, so obviously when we we knew this was going to be Jeremy's team, this is what we projected but, from the beginning of the year. This not his week one are, loss to Matt. No, no, definitely not. I mean, the week one loss was was awesome to to see as a as a fan um, of the league and and seeing always rooting for upsets, especially when they're not against uh, not against my own team. So week one was super fun. But this, yeah, this like you said, this is the team that we expected um, from Jeremy. Um, even despite a couple of a couple of not not ideal injuries, uh, recently acquired David Montgomery is going to be out, and I don't know. I don't know the source of this, but um, reported reported that Montgomery's going to be out close to four to five weeks with a knee injury. Jeremy just traded for him, 
So Montgomery's out. Eckler was even banged up right away on Monday night. They were suspecting a, a what was it, a concussion or something like that. I can't remember exactly what they were, what they were speculating for uh, for Eckler. But and then as well on his IR, he's got um, quite a few players: Jerry Judy, Will Fuller, DJ Shark. All of those guys are on the IR. And then as well, add Montgomery to the mix. Chase Claypool has been banged up this year. Um, I mean that that's as a team who wants to win and is expecting their team to to play like a championship uh, contending team, seeing injuries like that to not only players that are going to be impactful for you but young players too, um, not uh, not super fun to to see um, if you're if you're rooting for for Jeremy this year, um, but Jeremy nonetheless this week gets it done and that's all he really cared about was hey just get a get a win this week and we'll focus on next week next week. Um, so Jeremy heads off to three and one. Mark drops to two and two. Uh, next matchup was Pete. I beat uh, I beat Matt this week by a hundred and one points. That's a lot of points. I mean, he scored ninety points, which would have beat both Canute and Ben this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. you scored a hundred and ninety-two points. Yeah. Which that that's a lot. Yeah. Which, yeah, you were the top scorer this week, which means you took home the $10 weekly allowance. Congratulations. Um, Yeah, your team went, your team went bananas, but they, they didn't do it. Like you're, you scored, I don't even want to say a certain percentage, but you scored a ton of points in the fourth quarter alone. So, so here's, so here's what happened. I was, I think winning but i was only projected to score like at the moment like sleeper will adjust their projections based off of right like where your player is in the game who has the ball yada 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 kind of that the the the, like up to the minute yeah scoring projections and i was projected to score like 121 and i was like oh man i really hope i can somehow find a way to sneak into the top seven because i was on the outside looking in because i really want to get three victory points instead of two because like Matt wasn't Matt's team wasn't projected for a ton at that moment either. So I felt confident about the win, but all of a sudden Saquon had his receiving touchdown, a 50 yard receiving touchdown. (laughs) Devontae Parker had his receiving touchdown. Tyreek caught his second touchdown of the game that he had two then. And Corey Davis caught a 56 yard touchdown pass all literally within five minutes of each other. And it went from 102 projections to 184 pro- like projected points, and then Tyreek had a had third. a late had a third 44 yard touchdown, and that uh, that sealed the deal for me. Well, and Corey um, Corey Davis he didn't catch his until the fourth quarter too. The fourth quarter either. It yeah, was like exactly. the game, so was, like the go ahead touchdown with like a minute left. Yeah, or the touchdown to 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 go up by three, and then t- Tennessee kicked a field goal to go to OT, but uh, right or something like that. But yeah, all all fourth quarter touchdowns: Parker, Saquon, and then Saquon had an OT rushing touchdown to end it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all late late minute scores, and I was like, "What is my team right now?" I was so confused. it was insane. I, I remember watching it, it too because I even messaged you. I'm like, "Bro, what is going on right now?" I know. I, know. I was like, what is happening with my team right now? Yeah. Oh, that was that was awesome. That was awesome. So, yeah, 192 points. Looks like you're going to be a contender this week if your team, I mean, 
like we said earlier, obviously you can't expect all of your players to catch touchdowns every single week. Um, but you can come down a long ways from 190 points and still win. Um, so yeah, you are going to be up there. You're going to be a contender. Um, obviously your stack of Tyreek and Mahomes is going to be lethal for at least a few more years. Um, God, I hope so. (laughs) Um, yeah. So then with that, we'll move into our last matchup of last week. And that is Sam versus, uh, Texas Dan, and let's just quick zoom through this so we can get into our upcoming matchups. Um, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. He has a stack there, but Adams didn't catch any of the touchdowns this week, and neither or, did Tunyon. So that's yeah, interesting neither, to neither see of those guys. that Rodgers threw two, um, but neither one went to Adams or Tunyon. He did rush another one in, so he did have a pretty good week this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, his team scored 138 points. Texas Dan scored only 95. Yeah, I and Debo Samuel, wide receiver, three overall on the year, has <sighs> gone for at least 90 receiving yards in every game except for one. He went for 189 in the first in week one with a touchdown, 93 week two, 52 week three, and then this past week, 156 and two touchdowns. That, I mean, dude, if, as long as Debo can stay healthy, he's he's looking like a, a potential league winner in some redraft formats, but even in Dynasty, an absolute, absolute must start week in and week out, Debo Samuel. Yeah, and I think, like you said, though, like his biggest thing has always been health coming into this year i don't know if he'd had a Mm. healthy season but um i don't think so i mean i hope he can because he's fun to watch he's really fun to watch like i don't normally watch a ton of other teams um but i've when the 49ers are on and i can get them on sunday ticket i've turned them on because Debo. i mean a lot of his plays are it's like a slant route or a crossing route and he takes it and turns it up for for 30 um yeah he's comparable like fun to watch in comparison to like justin jefferson on the vikings like right they just got they just have that it factor which is super fun to have at a young age yeah debo is almost like a running back once he gets right. the ball in his hands i yeah. don't think jefferson's quite there like maybe jefferson's not yeah just not jefferson's not built like samuel is like debo is six six foot 215 pounds i don't know if jefferson's 200 pounds yeah i don't know but just seeing how debo runs with the ball in his hands he's he's a he's an absolute game breaker um yeah, Sam Sam beat Texas Dan. Texas Dan had Cordero Patterson and his 38 points sitting on his bench. So that's not I or 32 points. That's not ideal. Um but you weren't I mean, I don't know. Trade Cordero maybe? I mean, he's <laughs> technically running back 3 in PPR formats right now. I've told him to start Cordero like the last 2 weeks now. And he you doesn't have. do it. So, we'll we'll see. We'll see if Texas Dan uh chooses to do that. Um and also and his one his one comment in Discord this week was God damn it Cordero or something like that when he saw him After I tagged him, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But just so you know, Justin Jefferson is six one one ninety five. 
yeah. So there, there's a big, there's a big difference in in body type with Jefferson and yeah. Samuel, but Jefferson also has the has that yak opportunity. I mean, he's getting the ball in his hands, and I I like I like the chances of him getting some extra yards, um, just like Debo. All right, that that wraps up week four. I'll breeze through uh, breeze through the standings right now as they currently sit. Josh is in first with nine victory points. Four teams have nine victory points, so all of these first four teams are sorted by points scored. Josh in first with six forty six. Jonathan with six hundred points even. Jeremy third with five ninety nine point seven, and Sam in fourth with five ninety nine point six five. Tight tight matchup so for the first four. Three. Yes, very yeah. Even I mean the second through second, third and fourth teams are uh, all sorted out by a grand total of point three five points. Um, so very very close matchups as far as points scored. Uh, and then Mark is sitting in fifth with eight victory points, but six hundred and forty seven points scored through the entire uh, entirety of the season. So Mark has the most points scored, just has one less victory point than Josh, Jonathan, Jeremy, and Sam. Um, And then Chris rounds out with the last playoff spot. He has seven victory points and 583.3 points scored. Um, I have more victory points than Chris, but I have about nine or 11 less points scored than Chris. So I'm on the outside looking in with eight. And then um, Texas Dan with seven. Wisconsin Dan with six. Knute with five. Eli with three. Brent and Matt are both at two. And Ben is at zero to round it out. Yeah, this and then so kind of even you know to my point before about just going by points. Honestly, it wouldn't. I mean, other than Mark going from the fifth place to first place, um, I guess you would drop down a spot um, just because you're behind Chris. Right. Um, but honestly, it pretty much does level out to be who has the most points has the most victory points yeah it absolutely it it absolutely does and i think we'll just see more of the same as the weeks continue to continue to go on right well that wraps that up let's move into the next segment well i guess we can probably just skip on over this we didn't really have much for waiver wires or trades this week we had you know obviously last week all of the blockbuster trades and all of the big name players moved last week, so mm-hmm. I think everyone's kind of like, ah, let's just hold steady now and and kind of see what we can do. So uh, yeah. with that, let's move into our week four predictions. Why don't you go ahead and take me versus Matt? Yeah, I. So you're. We said this earlier. You're you're projected one twenty six. Matt at one forty one. Um. I don't know. I mean, Denver's defense, you have two guys uh, who play for the Steelers. They're both in your lineup. They're both going up against Denver, who I think historically has had a good defense. I don't know how they've played this year. I know they were 3-0 going into this game uh, against Baltimore, but Baltimore scored 23 points on the road. Um, I don't know how how Juju and, and Pat are going to play. I, I did watch some of the Pittsburgh Green Bay game, and Juju was visibly frustrated that Big Ben missed him on two fairly deep throws. Uh, so Juju definitely could have had a better game last week than he did. I think he only had like three receptions or something like that. Um, could have definitely had a much bigger game than he did. I don't know how he bounces back. Um, but I mean, you have 
you have Sam Darnold going up against Philly. Philly doesn't have a great defense. Um, Tampa Bay plays in-state rival Miami um, at home. I think the Tampa Bay Bucks overall have a bounce-back game uh, versus um, coming off of coming off the coming off the uh, game at the Patriots. They did win, so they're not going to be looking for necessarily revenge, but definitely wanting to reinsert themselves um, into the into the equation as far as uh, offensive fire um, like firepower is concerned. You do have AB, so I think he's a great boomer bust option for you. I'm still gonna take. Uh, I'm still gonna take Matt. Justin Fields was named the starter. Um, I did see that according to Sleeper back like an hour or so ago as we started recording. Um, I think Dalvin Cook comes to play against Detroit, and and I think Kelsey has a touchdown or two Sunday night versus Buffalo, making up for his lack of scoring last week. Uh, I'm gonna take Matt in this one, uh, but I think it's gonna be closer than Sleepers um, assuming. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be kind of somewhat of a toss-up. I don't fully believe in Justin Fields yet, just because uh, I believe in him, but I don't believe in the Bears. They're going up against a good, really good Las Vegas front front seven. Yeah, uh, they know how to get after the quarterback, and they do it really well. And that that Bears offensive line, it, it, people want to talk about the Vikings offensive line. That Bears offensive line is horrible. It's At horrible. Least in pass protection. Like yeah. David Montgomery, before he got hurt, had 100 yards and two touchdowns. So right. it's not like they're totally inept at run blocking. It just looks like it seems like pass blocking. Maybe Fields doesn't feel comfortable and he's immediately wanting to roll out before the pocket even collapses. I mean, that could make an offensive line look bad if your quarterback's constantly running around when he doesn't need to be. So maybe it's part of that. But no, I agree that the Bears pass rush or, or pass. Um, uh, pass protection in from an offensive line standpoint does not look good whatsoever thus far this year. Yeah, and you said that you know you can see you see Dalvin coming back. I I think he comes back, but I also can see that if the Vikings were playing Detroit, who are zero and four, you know obviously Vikings should win this game. I see Dalvin starting, but I kind of see something similar to what what happened last week. I don't. I hope he doesn't tweak anything like he did last week. Um, but I think that we just go up so early and so much on Detroit that I think Madison's going to come in. He's going to, he's going to play the game. Um, we're going to give Madison the ball. Cause I can just see where, what's the point of Dalvin being out there tweaking something, something stupid happening and him getting injured even worse than what he currently is. Um, so I can see it being a game where maybe he gets, nine ten points total kind of like what last week was for him um but i hope that he continues to not play hunter renfro um because he keeps <laughs> scoring a lot of points so um yeah i think i think i definitely have the possibility of winning this i have sam darnold who is quarterback five and i also have jalen hurts who is quarterback three they both go up against each other this week. Um, Carolina's defense has, has has been pretty good this year. Um, Dak kind of tore, I wouldn't say tore him up, but he, they're, they played really well because of what Dak only had like 160-some yards against them. But they still put up like 38 points, which is crazy. Um, so, yeah, that'll be interesting if I start Hurts or if I start Burrow versus Green Bay. I haven't. Haven't fully decided yet, but 
Um, I think Carolina did. Carolina did just trade for um, Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore. So I mean, I, I don't know. know how much he has left in the tank, but the two healthy seasons he's played, he's been All Pro. So there's well, that. but I don't think he can come back until Week Six. Oh, really? Because he was on the pup list. So wasn't I think you have to you have to wait he, until after week six. I thought he was eligible to come back this week. I don't think so. Okay. But anyways, they still have a good defense. So I have some options. My team, I'm one of those teams that you were talking about earlier that just has, like, it's not like I have a ton of studs on my team. I have a I have a good amount of those like middle of the middle of the line guys mm-hmm. that are like low end wide receiver to you know fairly decent yeah. flex wide receivers, but I always seem to pick the wrong ones each week. The ones I put in don't yeah. do it. The ones <laughs> I put on my bench go off. So yeah, um, well we'll see. Before before we move on, I'm wondering. The more I think about Dalvin and the Vikings going up against the Lions, I think Mike Zimmer is going to treat this game like his job depends on it because I truly think it does. If the Vikings lose to the Lions, Zimmer's gone. One at one and four, you lose at home to the Lions. That's I mean that's unacceptable. So they're going to run this. They're going to go full like all gas, no breaks against the Lions, and I think that means. Justin Jefferson has a big week. I think Thielen has a big week. And if Dalvin Cook is healthy and able to be on the field, he's going to be on the field. I don't think they're going to monitor touches. Like, Zimmer's never been about that. Has he? Like, he's never, unless a guy is hurt, hurt. Like, they've never been one to to say, oh, like, we're going to, I mean, we all we all knew that Madison was able to, was able to, um, like carry the load, but I don't think we've ever seen them truly run both of them like in the same game. Do you know what I'm like? Well, they definitely don't do a running back by committee. No. So like if cook is ready to go, he, he's going to get, he's going to get 25 touches. Um, and I think because the coaching staff is like, we're one in three. If we don't play well and win, like if we don't win, we're one in four and all of us are going to be out of a job. Um, so I think that that means to me big days for big days for the offense, Kirk Cousins, Jefferson, Cook. Um, that's just what I'm seeing a little bit. Yeah, rather than be. oh Cook getting Cook getting nine to ten points, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna keep him, they're gonna monitor him. It's like no, this is like for the season. Like this is this is do or die right now. You don't want to go one in four going into the bye week because i think they have the bye week next week no they play the panthers next week yeah so i mean even if you win this week you're playing the panthers who look like they're a team to contend with um anyway i digress but i think dalvin cook has a big day big week this week if he's if he's a, a full go yeah so then the next matchup is mark and Kamish. so Right now, Sleeper has Mark uh, projected to win by, let's say, five points. Um, currently, Joe Mixon is only projected to get six points. I don't know if he got Mi- tweaked. Mixon's dealing, with yeah, an ankle he's injury. dealing with a little. 
I, be- I believe he is. I believe yeah. he is. Let me double check on yeah. that. Yeah, says you. ankle injury. He sat out practice um, today. So, okay. uh, according to Paul Denner of The Athletic. So, um, I think even thanks, if he Paul. even if he does, yeah, thanks, Paul. Even if he does play, that Green Bay defense is they've been playing pretty well this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you got Thielen against Detroit. You got Dawson Knox against Kansas City. Um, Ceedee Lamb against the Giants. DJ Moore against Philadelphia. Bobby Trees versus Seattle, and Russell Wilson against the Rams. He's got a lot of a lot of green, a few couple reds, some some orange, but oh man, I I don't think I think essentially what has to happen is Kamish has to put Jonathan Taylor in his actual running back spot and put Mixon in a super flex or in a flex spot so that in case something happens he can well, I don't really know, I guess who else he would put in there i mean jonathan's got all of his viable wide receivers already in his lineup right um i mean you've got you've got brian edwards who i don't hate brian edwards um but he's only scored he's only scored 12 points which is the most uh points he's scored uh thus far this year um and i i think chicago still has like their defense chicago's defense um which is who the the raiders play this this sunday Chicago's defense like two, three years ago was, oh, my gosh, you don't want to play against them. They're going to absolutely eat you alive. If they can score 17 points, they're going to win. I don't know if that's the case this year, but they definitely still have talented guys on the defensive side of the ball. And I think they could be uh, they could be um, looking at a pretty good, pretty good week uh, this week against the Raiders. I don't know if Edwards is a is a play if Mixon isn't a good isn't a go for for Jonathan. It might be Miles Sanders instead. Yeah, you could do Miles Sanders. Well, I wouldn't even do Miles Sanders going up against Carolina. I would probably even take a bet and go with like a tight Evan, end. Evan Ingram against Dallas. Yeah, yeah, um, that's that's not a bad that's not a bad idea. Even Quintez Cephas against Minnesota. <laughs> honestly, though, honestly, Quintez <laughs> and Quintez has had a pretty good year. He's had, he's he's he played has. well this year. I mean, you know, he had twelve, sixteen. He only put up one against Baltimore, but then he put up twelve against Detroit or Chicago. So yeah. going up against our well, if Breland, oh Breland should be back. I think he was just sick last week, but then um Dantzler's out. Harrison Hand might be out depending on if they can test negative twice. Um. So yeah, I think I think that. Kamish will outplay. I think he'll beat Mark's team. Mark will be two and three, and Jonathan will be four and one. That's spicy. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Mark. Um, I think. I mean, Jack Ryan Tannehill could score 35 points against Jacksonville this week. That depends on if I mean, AJ Brown and Julio are back. Which even it, even if not, should. even if not, Jacksonville is bad, and they don't want to play for Urban Meyer, so. Um, I'm putting the over under on number of players that are going to retire mid game at 0.5. And <laughs> Carlos Hyde might be the one. <laughs> Honestly, do you remember? Do you remember that there was a Bills player a couple a couple years ago who legitimately retired at halftime? 
I, I remember hearing about it. I don't remember. Who oh, yeah. I, I would love to see that happen. Or I'd love to see <laughs> Urban Meyer say, I quit at halftime. Or it gets announced <laughs> at halftime that Urban Meyer has accepted we're, the USC job. <laughs> we're, we're, we're firing Urban Meyer, and it just so happens that he's going to go coach at USC, and he's actually on a plane there right now. <laughs> he has left the facility. <laughs> I, I would oh that'd be the best Sunday ever. And then um, and then uh Bong Ripper guy is taking over as head coach. <laughs> <laughs> if if you don't know what we're talking about, there was a, a video that someone posted on Twitter that was then shared in our group chat. And it must have been Urban Meyer was on TV uh doing some form it, of interview. I can't remember who it was for. And then also even was this when he was a Jaguars coach? Yes. Like was this this summer? Y- yes, I think so. Because <laughs> he talked about Trevor. I thought. Oh, anyways, um, all of a sudden you see like there's like a, almost like a mirror or a photograph that you see this guy walk into the room from the photograph or mirror behind Urban, and he's not wearing a shirt. And then all of a sudden you <laughs> yeah, you hear shirtless. like you hear like a lighter, and then you hear like, <laughs> and it sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a bong, and then you see Urban's face just like visibly, yeah. <laughs> um and so and then you see him and he's, he's like, like no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that guy's gonna take over as head coach but we have gotten uh, way off the beaten path uh can we s- put a par- can we can we put a parlay bet on that <laughs> happening <laughs> i wouldn't bet much <laughs> i'd put a dollar on it oh, just shoot. for fun i th- i think mark wins um should be close though uh, It'll it'll be close. This is potential for matchup of the week, definitely. Right. Um, the third matchup is Josh versus Ben. I don't think we really need to get into it too much. Um, Josh. Unfortunately, but I think that, yeah, Josh, I mean, unless something terrible happens, he should beat Ben by a significant amount. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Um, so whatever the whatever the spread is, I'll take the over. <laughs> I, I will say that Josh covers. <laughs> so let me know, Canute. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we have Eli versus Pete. Um, this also has potential to be a really good matchup. Like we said, like Eli's team, he has. Th- see, this is what I'm talking about. I click on the matchup. Daniel Jones is the quarterback, and Ben Roethlisberger is in the super flex. I don't get it. And Jared Goff is going against Minnesota. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, okay, actually, we might sack Jared Goff a lot, and I don't know how Okay, well. but how, how many throws did Baker Mayfield miss on Sunday? Yes, but the Browns have, like, a top five offensive line. Yeah, that's fair. Did we even sniff? Line, Did we Lions even have, sniff line, Baker Mayfield last week? Maybe once. Maybe we might have smelt him just once. Yeah. I I maybe um, wouldn't start Jared Goff this week either, but I mean, I'm not going to start Big Ben against Denver. That's a hell no for me. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, I'm going to take myself this week because I love how Patrick Mahomes plays in primetime games, and they have a Sunday night bout against Buffalo, AFC Championship matchup. Um, And then as well, I mean, some favorable matchups up and down the board. I don't have a team. I mean, I have Baker going up against the Chargers, which Baker has been doo-doo this year all like so far. So 
I'm not super worried about uh, how Baker is going to play. I think my team has has enough firepower and doesn't have any injuries to con- to contend with thus far. Uh, I'm going to take myself over Eli. Just as an FYI, the Chargers, I just saw this. I was getting my car worked on this morning, and I was watching ESPN. The Chargers have only allowed 148 total yards per game this season. What? 148? Per game. It's insane. They've got a good defense. So, so because I always thought of the Chargers as being uh, like a team last year that was just trying to outscore people, but that mm-hmm. must not be the case. No, I, I think Joey Bosa's healthy. They've got yep. Um, their two safeties. Uh, I can't blank it on their safeties name, but then they drafted Asante Samuel Jr. Um, That's right. And then I think they just have a a young, hungry defense or something. But yeah, it's insane. Like. They remind me of that like 2017 Vikings team that was only allowing like something like 150 yards and like 10 points a game. Like it was insane. Jeez. Obviously, they've allowed more points, but um, yeah. So Baker could could do similar to what he did last week. I think the Bills have a fairly good defense. I don't think Mahomes and Hill are going to do what they did last week, but um yeah, uh, Kyle Pitts going against the Jets could be good. Parker. Please get a touchdown. Please. Oh, my God. He could use it. Just give me a, a one catch for a touchdown. Like, obviously, I mean, no, I'd rather have. But just get in the end zone. Yeah. Matt Ryan, you threw four touchdowns last week. Not a single one to Calvin Ridley or Kyle Pitts. Three of them went to Cordero. What are you doing? He's smart. He is smart. <laughs> he went to Boston College. Wicked smart. Anyways, wicked. my boys, my boys, wicked smart. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you should win this one. Um, I think, I think, I think Eli's team is going to underperform again this week. That means one less team I have to contend with for a playoff spot, and I'm all for that. Right. Um. So then the next matchup we got is Chris versus Canute. Canute hoping to lose this week. He will. Yeah, he will. Chris's team is a team that we've said from the beginning is going to be playoff worthy if he makes it. Um, Yeah, and like, I mean, his team, good amount of green going on there. So I think he wins by, they got him by win by 30. I think think he should be able to win by 30. That feels about right. Yeah. Yeah. Leave Winston in. I think Washington will take care of him. Um, So, yeah. Um, Let's move on to this is another one that should be a blowout. We have Jeremy's team versus Texas Dan. I guess I shouldn't say this should be a blowout because both teams are three and one, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. At At the beginning of the year, you say, okay, going into week five, Jeremy and Texas Dan have the same record. What record do you assume they have? <laughs> oh, and four. <laughs> <laughs> something terrible. <laughs> something terrible has happened to Jeremy's like, team. Oh my and god, he is Jeremy's four. team must have all got COVID. <laughs> or they, they were like in a team bus that like crashed and died or something. <laughs> oh <my> god, <laughs> you can't say that. Uh, Jeremy wins this week. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> unless Cordero goes goes nuts against the Jets, which he could, he could definitely do that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Jeremy uh, Jeremy to win four straight and be four and one going into Week Six. I like it. Final matchup: Sam versus Wisconsin Dan. Uh, yeah, I think without Bridgewater. Which I guess he still has him in there. Um, well, and Bridgewater was Bridgewater was practicing today. Oh, really? Nice. Limited. I would oh assume. no, it no. Never mind. According to um, according to a Bronco a Broncos beat writer, or actually via Roto Baller, uh, Bridgewater is processing through the league's concussion protocol and feeling better, but he's not expected to practice on Wednesday. Um, so that means Drew Locke uh, taking first team reps this week. So. Um, Teddy is a solid questionable going into this week. Yeah, I think, I mean, I always think that Dan has one of those teams to one of those teams that can play spoiler. Um, but I think without Teddy Bridgewater, he doesn't really stand a chance to win. Um, he should start James Conner over, Ooh, who should he start him over? Never mind. I think if Bridgewater's out, you need to start James Conner. Yeah, probably. I mean, Davis against the Jets is a good play. He's obviously going to start Khalif Raymond against Minnesota because Dan hates the Vikings and anything good. <laughs> um, Sammy Watkins, Dallas Goddard, Marvin Jones, Cole Beasley, Tyler Boyd, all starters over I mean, Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones stonks are going way up with DJ Shark being uh, on IR. So I know, but even if, you, if you're not going to get rid of anyone, keep Marvin Jones in the lineup. I mean, even with him going out last week, though, he only scored five points, which was kind of kind of weird. I know, but I, I think, feel like it's hard to make it's hard to make adjustments in the middle of the game when you have a, a wide receiver go down. I mean, like it's you're not going to expect immediately in the game. Oh my gosh! Instead of throwing it to Shark, we're just going to throw them all to Marvin Jones and Chanel. I mean, I don't know. Well, Marvin Jones has been a top has been a top target of Trevor for pretty much all yeah. year. Nine in week one, eleven in week two, eight in week three, and only three last week. So yeah, definitely, definitely going to see those targets increase this week against Tennessee. Yeah. Oh God. Tennessee's defense is horrible. Yeah, it doesn't look good. That, I think it's honestly. I think that honestly could be a shootout game. Definitely. Because Jacksonville's definitely, defense is bad. Definitely could be high scoring. But they both have like offenses that can score a lot. If Trevor they, Lawrence if they is going to pray. Trevor Lawrence is going to pray a little bit extra this week after seeing that video. Um, uh, of Urban Meyer at the bar. Um, I think one of my favorite yeah. memes was um, someone posted a picture of Urban standing up at like a podium, and they quoted it and said, "What's so wrong with getting a lap dance from your quarterback one once in a while?" Because it was <laughs> oh, no. the chick had like long blonde hair, like Trevor Lawrence you, did. <laughs> Jesus! Oh my gosh, that's yeah, that's a that's a pretty good one. And on that note, I'm gonna take Sam to win. I'm gonna take Sam to win as well. Cool. So that wraps up all Any... of our all of our uh, predictions. Also, um, should I or should I not start Josh Gordon this week? I would not. I'm really tempted to, but I I'm going up against Eli, and I really need to start. 
I mean, I'd be you so need to sad win. if he went for. I'd be so sad if he went for like twenty five points and was sitting on my bench. He's not going to. He's not going to. I got him for the meme. That's. Uh, I got him for the laughs. That's. That's all I got him for. Um, yeah. If I end up starting him, something has gone terribly, terribly wrong. All right, so and I with, know we don't have and anything. With that said, we we don't have anything written down. Who who do we have that are going to be fire picks this way? Let's just do a fire pick Ooh. for the week. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Stephon Diggs is a fire pick this week. Um, Kansas City doesn't have a great defense. It's gonna be a high scoring matchup on Sunday night. I think Diggs has two touchdowns this week. He's my fire pick this week. That's that's a really that's a really good pick because Kansas City's defense has been has been horrible um i'm gonna go with hmm it's tough i'm on okay i think i'm gonna go with hawkinson hawkinson's gonna have a good week against minnesota um most tight ends do yeah we struggle with tight ends no matter who we play i feel like um I think Hawkinson's going to have a really good week this week. Yeah. Uh, and my cold pick is going to be... Hmm. Tyler Lockett versus the Rams. Actually, no. DK Metcalf versus the Rams. It's, uh, it's a Jalen Ramsey versus DK. And uh, I'm going to go with history and uh, say that Jalen Ramsey has a great game. I like DK that. DK is my cold pick. Um, let me see here. I was trying to look for someone. I just don't know who to go with. Let's go with. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Odell Beckham Jr. Who did the Browns play? Yeah. Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, that's a good one too. All right. Those are fire and fire and uh, and cold picks or um, fire and poop picks. Any final final thoughts? I know we've gone way over today. Um, talked a lot. So if you're still with us, thank you very much, uh, Brent. Any uh, any final words? Thanks for listening, everyone. We love you guys. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.